At this point, I Nick, I thought maybe what we could do is we could just talk a little bit about what we're preparing and what we're thinking about for Lincoln Center mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of talk a little bit about that and go from there. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, think I mean, things have been really moving on the, on the technology, technology side. side. And we've been doing a pretty good job of, um, you know, sort of jamming our way through prototypes. So I'm actually, you know, I think where we netted out in terms of the experience last year was really strong. And I think this year has been very much about trying to take some of the principles that we had from last year around, you know, having a global community and creating sort of seamless technologies to support the experience and giving it a sense of scale from that. I think that's really what we've been focused on over the last a uh, few weeks and what we're going to be focusing on over the next few weeks leading up to Lincoln Center. Um, I, in particular, I think that the IoT approach that we're taking now and the and the work that we're doing with AI is are both really interesting. Uh, what we're working to do with the prototype that we're building for Lincoln Center is, is um, we're bringing it in and weaving it into what we do within the MOOC this time, very, very much so. We Last time we did it and we invited people in the MOOC to come and be a part of what it is. This time anybody's welcome to join us and be a part of it. But the way that we're also looking at it is we're looking at it as though like Nick and I are partners going through the MOOC, right? So we want to kind of open up, you know, the the elements of the process and how we're doing it and some of the things that we're challenged by. We're trying to introduce more of the coding and also more of a a stronger tie to Sherlock Holmes this time, both in what we're doing at Lincoln Center, but then also in the core of the MOOC. Because I think in in some ways, you know, and Nick, you can tell me what you think about this, but in some ways we really see the MOOC as an extension of a, a creative community and this opportunity to exchange ideas and this opportunity to have a diversity of perspectives that can help us, you know, experiment in a place where there is no set grammar yet. And there's really no best practice yet. So um, a lot of this is really about us wanting to help kind of move the category forward as much as it is about, you know, wanting to create a collaborative space that can allow people from anywhere in the world to kind of step into it and, and fork projects. For us, we're forking the project with what we're doing at Lincoln Center. Yeah, I think that, I mean, yeah, the, spirit I of, the spirit of, of Sherlock Holmes and the Internet of Things has always been at the center center uh, creative, uh, collaboration. creative collaboration. So that, so you that, know, really that you idea know, that, that, idea that like, like, forked and blown out in another direction that we didn't intend and that and that other people have run with or that other people contribute to the stuff that we're doing or we contribute to stuff that other people are doing, that's all, I think, like, that's exactly what the spirit has been of the project and that's what everything is built around. So when when I'm talking about, you know, the kind of work that we're doing at Lincoln Center, I see a direct parallel to work that people are doing in other places around the world. And I and what I'm you know, I think our hope for the MOOC as a whole is that 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 the project that Lincoln Center is one of many projects that are of similar scope that can that could just launch in their in in their locations or in their sense of scale and globalization. And so that we can actually see multiple things going on at the same time. And so you know what we're doing right now on the project is is really kind of a technical prototyping phase that I think is is going to mirror um, a lot of the work that's done in the prototyping phases of the experiences that you're all designing. Yeah, and I think that that's a really important point because I think where we sit right now is we're under certain constraints that anybody within the MOOC would be under, right? In a certain respect, we have a little bit of a lead time because we've been working with Lincoln Center for a while. But at the same time, you know, we held a hack 
on August 20th. And that hack, um, you know, brought together uh, a group of people. You know, we were kind of looking and saying, okay, we have a day-long hack. What can we do? What can we accomplish within this day? And, you know, we kind of went into it and we said, okay, well, we have a kind of a working version of the phone to a certain extent. Uh, the code is available on GitHub, and we'll make sure that we share into the MOOC in our own prototyping journal, which Nick and I are working on, which you guys will actually be able to see the first incarnation of this coming week. Um, you'll be able to see what we've been doing and how we've been prototyping it and some of the steps that we've been taking. And then we'll also be sharing some of the code uh, that we have and access to some of the, 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 the repository of where the code sits. I think the challenge and, and some of the things that we're kind of looking through and dealing with is anytime that you're trying to do a collaboration and you're bootstrapping something and it's grassroots and you're experimenting, you're kind of building learning environments uh, for people. You're trying to figure out where it's mutually beneficial for parties, whether that be the partners that you have or your fellow teammates or collaborators. And so when we went into the 20th, we said, okay, well, we, we know you know, and Nick was talking about this before, you know, sometimes what will ha happen with a hack. And, you know, we knew we wanted to kind of come out of the 20th with a little bit more of kind of a, a, a little more structure on it. We wanted to, you know, get some stakeholders excited about it. We wanted to kind of diversify the team and all those things, all those things kind of came into play. And Nick, uh, maybe you could speak to that, that challenge of what it is to, to kind of go into a hack and some of the time that's lost and, and the way that you look at it. Well, I mean, technology always has this up curve, even if you know what you're doing. And it, it, it's a bit of a cliff, right, where you have to kind of get familiar with what you're working on and overcome it. And I think that hacks are really wonderful ways to get people to do that because it, it creates community around it. It creates a sort of sharing environment where people can help each other and you can have sort of like expertise in what's called extreme coding where multiple programmers or multiple uh, technologists are working on the same project at the same time so that there's a kind of mind share around it. So there's a lot of really great things that come out of it. But I think that you always have to be cautious in these environments that there's a lot of ramp up that happens there because of some of the knowledge disparities or simply because it's a social environment. And so, you know, people have to show up and they have to kind of get up to speed and, and sort of figure out what they want to do and move. Um, all of that takes away from some of the development time. So I think the important thing about doing a hack is having very realistic expectations of what a hack can produce. Hacks are really good for exploring technologies, right? They're, they're, they're an excellent way to get people to kind of experiment with the technology and start to figure out how it works. They're also really good if you have a very focused kind of small target that you can hit, which isn't to say you tell everybody what to do, but you sort of define the scope of what success at the hack will be so that it's, it's, it's relatively small so that, you know, people don't try to get over ambitious, which is really the danger in these environments is that like, if everyone decides they're gonna just like, like try to build the whole product in a five hour hack um it's just very frustrating for everybody because you know nothing is gonna there's simply going to be problems that pop up in development in terms of bugs or not understanding how certain kinds of syntax works or not realizing that certain hardware isn't going to co cooperate the way you want it to and none of those are insurmountable they're all like solvable but they're just not solvable in five hours so what we did was we really just kind of isolated our our hack to kind of two things. One was experimenting 
with the blue mix technologies we were working with so that you know people could just get exposed to them and start seeing like okay well what would make sense for us to use and what are easy technologies for people to access and you know we're not asking you know this as given this is a volunteer um structure we're not really going to push anybody to do anything so it's like it well, what sounds interesting to you and like what what would you like to play with and sort of giving people an opportunity to be exposed to that stuff it, it wasn't really important to us that we get very far with any of it at all and i think actually the 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 materials that came out on the 20th particularly around dialogue went further than i would have expected them to um but that's the kind of happy thing that can happen at a hack um the second thing we worked on was really the phone which is the core project that we've been working on the red rotary phone and the red rotary phone we had some code that had already been built and this was really a chance for us to kind of like reset the project and you know figure out where we were and move forward some of the balls with the red rotary phone that we wanted to um the red rotary phone is an internet of things object that's designed to detect uh what are called beacons which are bluetooth broadcasting technologies that are actually quite common in public spaces now and they're becoming more common they simply broadcast um an identifier that's tied to their location um the phone is capable of reading those identifiers and it's capable of connecting to the internet specifically to a database where it can pull information that are related to those ideas and then it can play audio and record audio from users who carry the phone that can then be used in those transactions as well. And so the idea might be that the phone rings and you pick it up and then you say something to it and then it looks at its database and gives you something back and that the phone rang because you walked to a certain place where there was a beacon. So when the phone detected the beacon, it rang. When you picked it up, it played audio that it pulled from the internet based on where it was. Um, none of this technology is is uh, really crazy in terms of what you can do with Internet of Things. It's all like fairly reasonable, but none of it is you know plug and play right out of the box. And so we have uh, been working with uh, several people, particularly uh, Tim, who uh, you know has been helping us with this technology and it's really been spearheading that part of the project. And and really what we wanted to do is give him a chance to sort of work with some other people and like push that whole part of the project forward. 